You're listening to the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. I'm your host, Arden Cartret. This space is meant to be a tool for you to feel less alone and to learn more about how to get through what you've been through and what you're probably going through. We'll hear diverse stories from women and men in the online space, experts, and people just like you and me who are feeling the effects of miscarriage and loss in real time. This is the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. Angela, welcome to the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. I am both sad and excited to have you here. Um, Obviously, you've experienced loss, which is why you're here, but I'm also really thankful that you are willing to share your story with this community and this audience. Um, I'm just going to let you take it away and start your story wherever you start your story. Some people start with where they met their partner or like at what point they got married, at what point they thought about having children. Um, So wherever you feel like your fertility journey starts, why don't we begin there? Okay. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on here. I guess, uh, you know, I'm, and I'm 36 uh, now, just because I know that that says a lot, you know, in this, in this area, but I've been thinking about having kids for a long time, you know, uh, my husband and I now, um, but we didn't actually try to have kids. So we didn't really start trying till um, in like uh, January of 2021 is when we, you know, I'd been off birth control for a couple of years and it was kind of like, if it happens, it happens, wasn't really trying, wasn't being, you know, making it not happen either. So we're like, all right, we, we, uh, it's not just happened. Like, you know, sometimes that's all I always thought, you know, they make it seem that way growing up as a kid, you know, or, you know, better been birth controls. The second you go off of it, you're going to get pregnant. So I thought, oh, I'm off birth control. I'm going to get pregnant any day now. And then after, you know, a few years of that, I'm like, oh, well, now that we really are trying, we need to try a little harder. You know, let's get some research, you know. So then, so that was uh, January 21, I was 35. Um, after a couple months of it not working, we were like, oh, maybe we should go to a fertility clinic. You know, um, I'm a, a, what's that called again? When you're, uh, you're a geriatric, <laughs> a geriatric pregnancy by 35, which is just, just a lovely term. And I was like, well, let's get things checked out. So we did all the basic stuff, you know, basic blood work, you know, thyroid. He you know, had a sperm analyzed and all that. I uh, got the HSG, you know, uh, thing clear the pipes out and then uh, a few months later I got pregnant um, in July of that year and I guess there there was never a thought in my mind that I was not going to end up with a child at that point and that is kind of what that's the part that now looking back I'm like I didn't even think that was possible um, which clearly, you know, is all too common, unfortunately. So, you know, got pregnant, decided to go in at like six weeks, um, just to get everything looked at. I'm like, I want to see the ultrasound. Like, well, there's not much to see. I want to see it. So, you know, saw a little fetal pole. Um, was all excited. You know, we started planning when we were going to tell people, and um, I ended up. And the only person I ever ended up telling was my sister and my brother-in-law. 
like really like a, had him come over and surprised him. And then the next day I, okay, so now this, sorry, this is now at nine weeks. I'm, I'm talking about now, uh, you know, three weeks after that initial ultrasound. Um, three weeks later, I just started like lightly bleeding and I thought, you know, it was just spotting and doing a bunch of Google searching. I'm like, well, you know what? I think I should go get it checked out because, you, you know, um, and it seemed like the longest appointment of my life. Um, I didn't know that ultrasound techs aren't actually allowed to state their opinions of what they're looking at or really answer the questions you're asking them. They're not really qualified. So when I'm sitting there, you know, and there's just a bunch of like dead silence and clicking and measuring. And I'm just like wondering when something's going to be said. And I'm like, we just blurt out, like, is, is the baby, is the baby alive? And, um, and my husband was with me too at that appointment. And, um, she just responded, I can't answer that. Um, but I, I do not hear a heartbeat. Take, take a moment. I know um, as you're sharing that, I can, I can feel that silence. And I know a lot of people listening, they feel it too. Yeah. Um, I really just went numb at that point, and I don't really remember what else was said um, after that. Um, when we went back to see the doctor and just said I was going to experience some cramping and a little bit of bleeding, like a normal period, and um, which was which was really far off from what actually happened for me. So um, I I had bleeding for about six weeks, on and off towards the end, of course, but um, it was a solid, you know, it was six weeks long. And um, so it was rough because so after that appointment, we, we were already, we were getting ready to leave, um, to go to his, uh, to my mother-in-law's house, to his mom's and tell her actually, because we're going to bring our dogs there to watch because we were going on our honeymoon because um, our original honeymoon got canceled um, earlier in the year. We we're supposed to go on a cruise and January kept getting moved and canceled because of COVID. So finally, like when I, we found out I was pregnant, he was like, well, we never got to you know, go on our honeymoon. And, you know, now if you're pregnant, you know, we're probably not going to go on a trip for a while. So we should, we should, we need to do something else. Like, yeah. Okay. So we're, we're going to go to Belize. And um, so, yeah, that happened the day before we left. So, and you know, you can't wear, you can't use tampons. So I'm walking around with a you know, giant maxi pad everywhere in my yeah. bikini, uh, you know, trying not to think about it. I, I'm still glad we went because it was a really nice way to actually be able to, to take my mind off of, I think, the hit of that. Um, so I, I, I ended, up, ended up working out. I mean, working out as in, I'm still glad we went. It was still a wonderful trip. Like it didn't ruin a trip. Um, 
it just, so you it continued, just really harsh. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You continued to, to miscarry over the course of your trip. So the worst mm-hmm. of it happened in Belize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The worst of it happened. Yeah. in like two parts and like, just like at a, at a tiny airport, like in between when we were in between getting in like one of those little puddle hoppers, like from the, I don't know, the main island or the main area somewhere else. And then another part later. So that was, I did not, I did not expect that. I didn't know why I wasn't told more by the doctor. Although now I'm wondering maybe there was, and I wasn't listening. So there again, I'm like, I don't even know. I just didn't expect any of that. So yeah, that was, that was pretty much, and then never, you know, then it was just dealing with everything after that. Um, Pretty much the worst part I think is how I keep finding out that more information way too late is, is kind of the hard part too. Um, being like, why wasn't I told that sooner? You know, why wasn't I told that I'd have like this hormone shift that was going to be as if I, um, well, what is that called? Um, you know, uh, after you give birth, I'm sorry, I can't remember. Um, postpartum. Yeah, no one told me I was going to get to have all that, all those feelings yeah, like and the those baby hormones shifts. and stuff. Yeah, and just like the up and down. It was, um, I didn't, I didn't know I was supposed to expect that. I didn't know how big of a toll it was going to take on our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that it was going to cause me to start having paranoia, you know, um, basically with everything, like what other horrifying things are going to keep happening now? Like, I mean, there's this, and it was like constant surprises and, you know, I did. And then of course it was affecting my husband too. And they, you know, deal with things differently. He just kind of got quiet and, you know, we ended up going to counseling just from how the strain that that put on our relationship too. And no one told me that. Um, and I, I think I, I think I didn't realize how hard it had hit me either. So I didn't realize what was happening. It was just, you know, getting very angry. And I mean, I'm still, I'm still dealing with that, but you know, just everything, there were so many things triggering me that I I didn't even realize what was happening. You know, I just like, you know, I'm just wake up in the morning and feeling okay, you know, several months down the road. And I, you know, I'm getting, having a coffee and having my blueberry muffin and I start sobbing. Why am I, why am I, I just woke up. Like I, <laughs> I'm just sitting here having like, and then I had to think about it and I'm like, oh, because the last time I checked my little app, my baby was the size of a blueberry. And it's, it's those kinds of things you don't realize what's making you so upset all the time. And then, you know, no one ever tells you that like, you're not gonna, it's gonna basically get forgotten 
by everybody else, right? Um, no one remembers the death date of your unborn child for the most part. Um, it's like it never existed, right? You know, I'm, I'm constantly being reminded I have five nieces. I'm constantly like, oh, it's, she's six months old today. She's four years old soon. Like it's, that's always like, oh, you know, they're older, they're older. And it's as if I, I know, not like I want, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it, not like I want someone to be like, oh, remember how dramatic that was. But at the same time, that date just approached and the end of August, just just so last week, that was the day I found out I miscarried and nobody will ever remember that. Or, And um, I think that kind of, in its own way, is really painful. And I think like it never happened. And I, I don't know, I don't know what's worse, you know? trying to hope it never happened or having to keep remembering I don't know I just I bounce around a lot you know with different kinds of emotions like I'm like one day I'm like well just gotta keep moving on and then the next day I'm like I'll never move on yeah then it just it's like and then again I'm like when am I gonna ever feel will I ever be normal ever again or am I just always like will I I don't I don't know You know, so I, I just did a lot of things that made things worse, though, too. You know, just constantly Googling things. Probably the worst thing you can do, in a way, for certain personality types. Um, for me, just was like, if I can just figure out what's wrong with me and what happened, then I can make sure this doesn't happen again. <laughs> Be like, because it's just so unfair, you know? I mean, I, my grandmother had four children, no miscarriages. My mother had four children, no miscarriages. Three of my sisters have had children, no miscarriages. Is it, am I too old? Like, I mean, I don't know. And so I basically just completely kind of shut down too. I like, I used to exercise five days a week or so and I just stopped. Um, and I was doing it all through when I was pregnant too. I was still, I mean, being careful, you know, but I was still doing, I just completely stopped doing things that I, I liked that made me happy. Um, yeah. And I, and I still struggle with that because I mean, right when I, and we still, so we, we kept trying, you know, I, I read everything. Uh, you can get pregnant the fastest after miscarriage in the first month. Then I heard you shouldn't even try for six months. Then I heard three months is okay that I just like was all, all over the map. I'm like, well, I don't know. I guess we'll just keep kind of trying. And um, we did. And then I did end up getting pregnant again in um, eight, uh, I guess, March of this year. And then found out I had a miscarriage probably right around week six. I never ended up going in for an ultrasound, um, but I did, ha I did go, I was having our, my doctor let them know and they were having me go in for blood tests to, to see where my HCG was and progesterone if it was rising, you know, what was going on. And that's when they're like, we're gonna get you on progesterone because you're like 0.5%, it's really low. Um, we don't know if that's even gonna make a difference anymore, but we're gonna try and yeah, so that, was, that was my second one.
And I kind of told myself that this wasn't nearly as traumatic as the first one. Actually, I'm pretty shocked. I, I thought this would be, I thought I could never go through this again. Like never. But then it happened. I'm like, this is awful, but it's not as traumatic. But actually it is in a whole different way. So it, it just kind of, it shifted everything to like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And um, so, yeah, then that way, I just found that out in April, just a couple months ago. And now we're just still trying to move along and I just keep trying new things. Um, finally realized I needed to get a little more therapy on my own. Um, trying some acupuncture and uh, some Chinese herbs and, and vitamin D3 actually per your suggestion and yeah, the progesterone cream. And uh, that's, that's kind of where I stand as of right now. You mentioned that your second miscarriage, it's, it's traumatic in, in different ways. And I completely agree or I had kind of the same feelings. Like I was like, oh, well, this won't be nearly as bad because I've been through it before. And the first one shook me. Um, I feel like the second one, it does break you. Like the first one, you're like, okay, this happens. People all over the world go through this, but then you have two and you're like, yep, something is wrong. And it has to be me. And you have all of those horrible thoughts um because now you're somebody who's had two miscarriages and that's that's almost harder to cope with than the first miscarriage you know it's having that number um I feel like is what makes what really makes that traumatic um I know I related to saying that yeah yeah Uh, and no I don't have any living children as of now um which is a different place to be. And also I don't have any, you know, confirmation that I am able to carry out a successful pregnancy. Um, Cause I have talked to some, some friends that I have and who've had some miscarriages, but they, they all have living children right now. And that's, I, I don't have that, you know, to go, okay, just bad luck. Like I can actually, I don't actually know that I can ever have children. I have to say that because that could be true and I don't look at it that way. I don't try to you know, treat it that way. But the reality is I don't actually know, right? And um, that's, that's the scary thought for me to have to accept because it, it is a real thing for women too. There are women that are never able to have children. Without a surrogate or something, you know, I mean, obviously there are certain ways, but I, I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it makes me feel pretty um, kind of useless. I mean, I know that sounds like a harsh word, but that's how I feel, right? That's, it's something I wanted. It's something that naturally happens, you know, that's how you make more people and I can't do it. So I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. 
I don't, I don't think that useless is, is too harsh of a word to describe that feeling. I think that that makes, unfortunately, it makes perfect sense. Um, you know, you read, like, people are really into period pieces, and like how people, their job, like women's job back then was to reproduce, right? And like, then you're sitting here experiencing miscarriages, and you're like, well, I'm not reproducing. So you naturally feel useless when like, you're told that as a woman, you're supposed to be able to do this thing and it's not happening. Um, it's a very isolating feeling and it, it poses a lot of really hard conversations. I, you mentioned your relationship and I, um, in, in my personal relationship, I felt like at first it made us stronger, but then we started having those conversations because at the time we didn't have living children yet. And so we asked each other if, what if we don't have living children? What does our relationship look like then? You know, and uh, definitely I gave my husband outs. Like I was like, if you want to go find somebody that can give you a living child, I completely understand. And I remember he looked at me like I was insane for saying it. That's how I felt at that moment. Um, It definitely, it's hard not to know if you can carry a pregnancy to term, that's a level of grief that I feel like our medical providers don't really touch on. They're just like, okay, well, let's try again. And next time we'll, it'll be better. This was just bad luck. And it's kind of hard to trust the process when you don't know what the process is. And you don't know if this is going to happen again, or if there's a way to prevent it. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a, that's a huge sense of guilt too. It's like, well, kind of, uh, we, you know, we entered our relationship thinking we both wanted this and now I feel like I can't come through. So I failed and it, it, that's exactly how I, I, I still kind of feel like I, it goes back and forth. Like I know that's not what he wants. I mean, he doesn't want me to feel that way and he doesn't want something else. That's why I feel I'm like, well, I wanted to give you a child I know you want it too it's not just me it's it would be ours and I and I'm not able to give that to you so I that that doesn't seem fair for you you know yeah and then he'll look at me like I have three heads like but still that's I mean I don't know I feel like I just want to be fair it's sweet that he looks at you like you have three heads but it's a valid, it's a valid, you know, way to feel. Um, I think it's impossible to not feel that way because this is a different type of death. Like this is death that's happening inside of your body and you're very much alive and there's something dark and I call it morbidly beautiful that, that, that can even happen. Like it's, it's, horrible and unless somebody has experienced it I don't think they can fully understand how the thought process can be between feeling sad feeling angry feeling guilty feeling so many different things it's not just it's not just grief where you're sad it's so many emotions because so much is happening to your body and it's like you brought up the postpartum stuff like I, nobody tells you that you're going to experience postpartum symptoms that somebody that brought home their baby is going to experience. Like you, 
that would be so validating to know that your body is going to react the same way in a lot of ways as if you did give birth to a living child. Um, nobody tells you that that's why you're having night sweats. That's why you're having severe mood swings. That's why your boobs are super sore. None of that stuff. Um, I just, I don't really know, you know, where I go for, I don't really know what else to expect. I just, I kind of basically keep trying to put myself in a place of surrender where that I can't control this. I, there are things I can try to do, but then ultimately there's nothing I can do at the end if I, if I do everything that I can and I will keep doing everything I can, but it still doesn't mean I'll get what I want. And I have to be okay with that. So that's a really difficult part of this. Yeah. Angela, you mentioned that you are doing acupuncture and just started on vitamin D. Are you guys you know, are you trying to conceive again? Are you taking some time to process and grieve? Uh, what does your fertility journey look like currently? Yeah, we are still, we are still trying um, every month to conceive and it's, um, it's, it's hard because I don't know, every time it comes around, like the only time of the month that it matters, it becomes like, this this traumatic type of burden it, it's just like it's so it, it's like it all of a sudden it becomes like really I don't know it's really difficult for both of us yeah it's it's weird mix these mixed emotions like okay like we're gonna try again but then it's like okay starting today and then it's like okay maybe later you know like it's it's a lot of putting it off and then just it's uncomfortable because now we're both like trying not to upset the other one either because we both know we're both it's sensitive so then you know it's like we're both trying to be understanding of each other but at the same time it's it makes it so much worse like, okay, well, I don't want you to feel pressured. I don't want you to feel pressured. Okay, maybe I'll feel better like later today. Okay, maybe tomorrow. Okay. Like it just it gets to be like it's it's I don't know, not fun. Mm-hmm. And and then you know, I keep finding out things that I are changing what I thought I knew too. I'm like, well, I just have these ovulation test strips. That's how I've been been using for like the last year. Um, Like, oh, I know this will predict, you know, exactly when I know what to do. And then I find out just recently that that actually doesn't necessarily even mean that I'm ovulating. And I'm like, why didn't my doctor tell me that I've been going to a fertility specialist. Why didn't they tell me trying on my own? Hey, by the way, 
those stress strips that only check for LH are not enough. Isn't that their only job? Like, I, I don't, I don't understand why I didn't, why I'm not learning those. And I'm like, okay, okay, why didn't I know that? And then I get angry, and then it'll, it'll turn into anger. You know, oh, now I'm angry. Like, I feel wrong. Like, what, what am I paying for in these appointments and these, you know, these assessments and these blood tests? Like, do I? Why would they not? They know I'm trying. We're trying on our own. Why wouldn't they tell me? very important things like that like also i didn't know that most um you know like lubricants they they contain um oh, some kind of citric acid some kind of acid something that kills sperm yeah. most all of them do unless they're like fertility friendly ones and like you know i'm like okay now i'm trying to wonder how many how come they didn't tell me that either like here's three basic things you should know Let's make sure you're ovulating every month. Let's make sure you're giving yourself the best chances possible. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, and I just keep finding out more things like that all the time and then just getting angry. Yeah. I don't really know who to be angry at. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> just, I'm just angry. <laughs> like, I don't really have a specific reason to be I just or someone to be angry at it's not really anybody's fault or anything's fault in particular just just mad it's like I I chalk it up to like I'm just kind of like mad at society and like the whole system in quotes because I don't know what the system is but it's like the system of you know our our sex education or lack of um I remember in middle school being taught about periods and how to to wear a pad and insert a tampon, but nobody told me that I would ovulate. And like, I didn't know half of this crap until I went through infertility. And then I went through loss. I had no idea that I wasn't ovulating for that whole year and a half that we tried to conceive for the same reason that you said, I, I took ovulation test strips and I had the LH hormone, but then it turned out I wasn't actually releasing any eggs. And I had no idea that was possible. I had absolutely no idea. Um, I also was at a fertility clinic whenever I learned that, and I didn't learn it from the fertility clinic. And I remember thinking like, why didn't, why wasn't this even mentioned? Um, so that anger, I, I feel like that's such a valid thing to feel because time is precious and you're losing time not knowing these things that somebody could have told you right and and it sucks because after a miscarriage then you also feel like there's time wasted because now you have to start all over and you're angry about that and yeah. anger is so valid yeah i i really wish i knew that that's what it was coming from this too i think that would have I would have helped too than to still wonder about that for so long. So I just hope, you know, other people, you know, I just, and I honestly have, I can't, I hold nothing back if anybody ever asks me about it or comes up ever. I want to share as much of everything I know with anybody that wants to know it always, because I just wish someone would have done that for me. And I just had that so much in my life too. It's just a lot of like, I'm just going to do anything I can to try to 
if I could help one other person with just one part of this, that would be, that would at least give some meaning to my suffering a little bit. Because I would give anything for someone like me to tell me things that I'm willing to tell other people. You're in a good place because that's what I built this on is, is wanting people to know the things I didn't know and have access to things that I didn't have access to. And by you sharing your story, it's, it's, it's telling somebody this information that you wish somebody would have told you, but it's also honoring the babies that you've lost and, you know, their lives mean something because they're educating other people they're validating other people like their lives are meaningful and this is your way of of showing the world just how much they deserve to be acknowledged yeah i mean i, I can't even imagine what it was like to have been any further along either and there's a lot of guilt and i have a lot of guilt feeling sad for myself when i hear about all of these other stories, like I feel like mine is on the lowest end of, of trauma. I I know that's not true, but I yeah, people feel can't that. see me, but I'm shaking my head at you that way. Yeah, I, I, I know it's not true, but like I I battle every day correcting myself of that thought, and it's it's a constant battle of me correcting myself from that thought. Is I hear anything else, you know, I someone lost their baby after it doesn't matter like I, it just but whatever it is I'm like I can't imagine how much worse that is like what am I'm not even I don't have it that bad I don't I don't deserve to be that sad and that is so far from the truth it's hard to give yourself grace yeah. uh, it's the hard. it's like the opposite type of comparing it's like you're under comparing not like oh I don't know where I was going with this, but basically it's like, I don't have it that bad. So like, I should be fine. Like I should be bouncing right back. I should be getting over this quickly. I should be, you know, I don't have that much to worry about. I don't even have anything wrong with me as far as I know, which is a whole nother thing that makes it horrible. It's just not knowing anything's wrong with you because so far I'm, my husband and I are, there's nothing wrong with us. So that's another thing, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I guess you just find ways to cope no matter what stage you're in. And I, it, it's hard now to put myself in a place where if I do ever get pregnant again, it, I don't know how it won't consume my thought every single day. If, if, is this the day that I'm going to lose them or is it tomorrow or is it next week or next month? or is it going to be at the end, or is it going to be a stillbirth, or they, like, I, I cannot figure out how to take my mind away from thinking that, and I, I hate it, I hate that it consumes my thoughts. Experiencing pregnancy loss really shows us how bad things can happen to us, even though we didn't think that they would, right? It's like that, that thing that everybody says, where it's like, I didn't know it would happen to me. Pregnancy loss, especially recurrent pregnancy loss too. Like you realize that you're not exempt from bad things. And I think it makes life seem scarier 
um, makes life seem more fragile. It, it's just, it's eye-opening in the worst way. Yeah. I heard, um, I heard one woman talking and I, I do think it was on your podcast, one of the episodes I listened to. I can't remember where, but basically it gets hard, you know, you can almost sense after a while, which people are going to try to, you know, quote unquote, cheer you up or say something positive and which people are genuinely like, how far along were you? I'm so, I was just curious because I know someone, it was me or whatever. Um, there's like a, you can almost hear the tone and the way they ask how far along were you? If they're just like, I'm curious, like how many people do I know? you know, just trying to be relatable or other people that are just asking because they're trying to find a way to make you feel better. And I was starting to pick up on that. And um, I started to get angry, you know, at that question too, when I felt like people were like, well, how far, like, how far long was it? You know, and you're like, oh, it's like, I found it at nine weeks. And they're like, oh, like, there's still such a good chance. Well, like, like all this stuff, like, and I, I don't want to hear it, yeah. you know? And the one thing this woman said about someone that asked her that, um, her response to that was that, uh, like, well, how far along were you? She was like, well, far along enough to fall in love. Because mm. that's all that matters. It's enough to hurt. Mm. It doesn't really matter if it was super early on. I had, every <laughs> I had everything planned out in my mind, you know? Well, I'll put the nursery here and, you know, and here's some names I picked out for, but like it's, you know, I've already, I've already started planning their life in my brain, you know? And that's, it's just crazy. I can't think of anything, any other situation in my life that I've ever forethought out that far in advance. You know, I was, I was thinking about the rest of my existence and my husband's existence, you know, where, where are they going to go to school? Like, are we going to live here? Like, I hope they look like you, you know, all the, like, there's just so much. Yeah. Just, it feels like it's just, it's just cruel. It feels like a mean, just feels like a mean trick is all, you know, like people that give people those fake lottery scratchers and say they won like. A million dollars, you know. Oh my gosh, I that won. happens. I won. Yeah, people are cruel. They'll do it at like that's Christmas cool. parties and stuff. You've never heard of those? They're like, no, anyway, that's so they're horrible. Fake, they're fake scratchers that say you won. That that you you know they actually say you won like the whatever ten thousand whatever, and people will just like, oh my gosh. Oh, and then crazy. and then you turn it around in the back. It's like you know like ha ha whatever. It clearly indicates that this is like a right. spoof type of thing. And you just see people's face. Like, I have that money spent. That's exactly, that's a great analogy of, of pregnancy loss because you do, you think about all of those things. And then whenever you experience a miscarriage, now you grieve all of those things. And then you start to heal a little bit. And then a holiday comes up, an anniversary, a date, a child that is the age that your child is supposed to be. It's like a band-aid is constantly being ripped off. And so it makes it impossible to like permanently move forward. Like you just don't ever, you don't ever get to be 
in a place where it doesn't hurt. You know, it's, it's constant waves of grief. Yeah. Like, why I think about my life in a, you know, in a year from now, where will I be? Like, well, well, a year ago today, I thought I was going to have a four month old. I, I don't, and I don't really know what's in the future for me, but I, I'm just hoping to get to a point where I can feel, have some kind of more stable stability in my thoughts, I think. Um, I feel like it's getting better. I'm impatient. And I'm sure a lot of people would agree that nobody likes to be patient. Mm. Right? It's difficult. You want to you want it fast. We want to want it fast. I want an answer fast. I want a baby fast. I want the pain to go away fast. And it's not. And um, I I don't I don't like it, but it's just the way it is. Definitely cool and fair. It does make me feel more compassionate towards people all, um, all the time, actually. I mean, I've always been pretty understanding and open-minded, you know, and I, I always try to treat people with respect and kindness because I, you never know what someone's going through in their life. But now it's like so much more, I'm so much more sensitive than I even was before. I just see someone angry, you know, out in public, out at the grocery store doing something, just angrily throwing lemons in their bag or whatever they're doing. <laughs> and all I can help, I can't help but wonder what kind of pain they're going through, right? Because you're never just angry for no reason. Um, so I, I don't know that that's necessarily helpful because all it does is make me sad and it doesn't, help them at all because they don't even know I'm watching them so I don't really see how that's beneficial I guess but I mean maybe maybe something comes out of that I don't know I, used I just want to go over and give people hugs sometimes oh <laughs> my gosh sorry <laughs> sorry you're angry <laughs> don't touch me <laughs> sorry what were you gonna say I used to see like either I would see people walking down the street with a child or pregnant or just walking. And I would think, I wonder if they've had a miscarriage. I wonder if they're trying to conceive. I wonder if they're infertile. I wonder if this and that, and like, I would wonder about their stories and if their pain looked like mine. And it was like every pregnant person I saw, I wondered, have they ever had a miscarriage? Like, is this Mm -hmm. proof that some people have multiple miscarriages and they can carry the term. Like I was looking for that anywhere I could find it. Um, and I don't know if that was helpful, but mm-hmm. I couldn't help but think it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I just want to turn my brain off sometimes, you know? Oh yeah. <sighs> Definitely had to have a, like take, you know, some anti-anxiety you know, medication once in a while as you know, I, I think it's, I think it's okay to do those things sometimes of whatever's right for you. You know, I, I just kind of try whatever's right, you know, whatever feels right for me at the time. 
maybe I just need to go sit out in the sun, just get some sunlight. Or maybe, maybe I just need like, and some anxiety medication, or maybe, I don't know. I just try to listen to my body now. I'm really in tune with my body way more so than I ever used to be. I feel like I notice everything. I feel like I can notice like a shift in my ovary. <laughs> Ooh, my ovary moved today. I wonder what that means. You know, like I feel like I notice so much. So it's, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. feels like a curse. It feels like I can't relax because I notice so much. I can't go out in public and not notice people. I can't be sitting by myself and not notice something going on in my body. Like, oh, like my my left toe is tingling. Maybe that means I'm not having good blood circulation. What does that mean? And then they just like, like stop it. I like tell myself, stop doing that. Just watch your show, drink your tea or whatever, you know, just relax. And I just feel like I'm like, mate, my slowly become like, like, is this what it's like to like go into psychosis? Like, am I going nuts? Am I like, do I, am I getting a split personality? Like I, and then I started going like crazy and I'm like, no, probably if it was, then I wouldn't think these things. I'd probably just not know. And I would be two people. So, okay. I'm probably fine. <laughs> you know, okay. Kind of like, okay. Okay. I'm probably, you know, and I bounce stuff off my husband. He listens like so well. He's, he's so supportive. You know, and I just, I, that, that it's, I balance that too. I have to balance burdening him with every single thought I have all day long with realizing he's a human being too, not my like 24 hour therapist. So you, you have to be mindful of the men too. Like they, they're hurting too. And it's just hard to think they're hurting because you don't see them crying usually. I mean, which is fine if they do, but I, I, it's not how my husband writes. So I, if you don't see them crying and you don't see them reacting the same way you are while you're sad, you think they're fine. You can't, you can get that. I was that way. I'm like, well, what? He's fine. Right. Like, no, he's not. He's been staring at his computer for 10 hours straight, clicking a video game. He's not fine. And um, I don't know. I, I think the only thing that just can hurt so much worse than dealing with the miscarriages than dealing with problems in your own relationship because you're like, great, I got a two like a two for one deal with this. Was it not bad enough that this hurts? Now I have to now we have to figure out this pain together and navigate this all at the same time. It's it feels even more unfair, right? Like, can we just have one? But they come together, they, they can, you know, like, because it's like, well, you don't care about me. You don't care that I'm crying. Of course they do. Well, I mean, they should. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're just like, they don't care about me. Nobody cares about me. Not true. I just, it's, I just think it's important for other people to know that we probably all experience very, very similar thoughts mm-hmm. and emotions. And as of right now, knock on wood, I'm not crazy yet. So just going, just going through the motions. It sucks. And sometimes going through the motions is, it's just all you can do. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I was hoping to, I had thought about, you know, coming on here a long time ago um, because of how helpful it was for me to listen to all the different stories. And I was hoping to come on here with a success story. So I kept waiting. Maybe I'll come on with a success story. That'll, that'll inspire people. Like, I don't want to bring anyone down, but, well, it just felt like I needed to share anyway. And I'm really glad that you did. You still have time to be a success story and to come on and share that. You know, there's Aww. not, there's not a, it's not an expiration date of, of when you can share your story. Your story matters before you have a living child. Uh, it matters if you don't end your journey with a living child. It matters when your living child is born. It is always important. And so I'm really glad that you came on and shared. I hope that you come on and share an update and that it is a beautiful, positive update that you can beam about. Yeah, thank you.